You're listening to Spoken Bride, a podcast for Catholic brides and newlyweds chasing authentic love and divine romance. All right. Well, welcome, everyone. Uh, my name is Audrey Harold, and I'm formerly the social media manager for Spoken Bride. Uh, currently, I'm serving as our podcast host. Um, I just wanted to take a step back from running social media as I started grad school this last fall. Um, but I'm here to talk to you today about a topic that I think is really important when we are beginning this journey of discerning towards marriage. If, if Spoken Bride is about these beautiful weddings, I think the beginning of that journey really starts with uh, beyond just discerning the call to marriage, but just that simple part of the human experience where we are discerning just in, inside of our personal selves. Um, before you're in a relationship with anybody, before you've got a crush on someone, uh, you are in relationship with yourself and with God. And I think that it's so important to to look at that relationship when we're starting to talk about all of these different things. Uh, so we wanted to do an episode today on what I like to call being well, um, the importance of mental and emotional health when it comes to dating and being in relationships and being engaged and being married eventually. Uh, a lot of times people like to say that your relationship is only as strong as what you bring to it. So this idea that you and your boyfriend or you and your fiance might be wonderful and amazing, fantastic people, but if you have uh, things that you're struggling with personally, they're going to affect your relationship. And so it's just stressing the importance of finding you know, balance in your life, um, that work-life balance, um, going to counseling if there's something that you need to work through, maybe a traumatic experience or um, something that happened in your upbringing that you know you think you feel like you need to work through this with somebody who is a professional, somebody who is who their job is to to help people work through this kind of stuff. Uh, I think a lot of times we we joke about bringing baggage into relationships, like oh, like I've got friends who call it the suitcase talk, where. Uh, where you know you pull out your bag and you kind of unload it and you're like, okay, here I am. Here's here's all this this junk I brought with me, and we joke that everybody has baggage. Everybody has a suitcase. Um, that when you're starting to have these conversations about something that happened in your childhood or happened in a previous relationship with a current you know boyfriend, that you are you know you're unpacking your suitcase. You're like, oh, is this a suitcase conversation? Uh, and those conversations happen and are good. And I think it's also important to know what you have in your bag, you know? What do you have in your bag? What do you bring to this relationship? So that, you know, you're not going through this bag with your partner and finding stuff that you didn't know was in there because you're like, what? I didn't know that this was in here. I didn't realize that. And I think that, you know, things are always going to come up. You're going to be having a fight and something will come up and you're like, oh, oh gosh, you know, you can feel your body tensing. You can feel how it's affecting you. And you're like, oh, I didn't know that this was going to hurt me this way, or I didn't know that I was going to react this way. And as you start to put the pieces together, you know, you might see that, you know, something he did triggered a memory of a previous boyfriend. And now you're, you're frustrated and your, your body is dysregulated. Uh, so the importance of, yeah, knowing what you bring into a relationship, basically, um, how important it is to fight well. I think Dr. John Gottman does a lot of good literature about how to fight well. Conflict is going to happen, honestly. 
Uh, I, as someone, am a little bit, I'm conflict avoidant for sure. And so I always forget that that fighting is a part of a relationship and that the important thing is to know how to fight well, not to avoid fights at all. Um, and also I just wanted to talk a little bit today about the importance of finding resources. It's one thing to know, hey, I need help with this or like, oh, I should find a podcast that maybe talks about this. Um, and, and so this is maybe a place where I can hopefully provide some resources that have been helpful to me on my journey. Uh, as you probably might know from if you follow me on Instagram or have seen anything uh, that I've posted related to Spoken Bride or articles I've written for Verily, um, or if you listen to the podcast that uh, my boyfriend and I did that was our Instagram takeover for Catholic Match, you know that uh, my name is Audrey. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a West Coast girl and I'm in a dating relationship. My boyfriend and I have been dating for a little over a year. Uh, we are not engaged. We're not married. I have plenty of dating advice um, and not a lot of long-term relationship advice. This is probably my longest and first long-term relationship. So take that, take that for what you will. You know, there's plenty of other resources out there with from people who have been on this sort of this dating journey longer than I have, or who've been married, who've been engaged. Uh, but I think it's important to offer what I have to say from where I'm at in my journey, because there's always going to be somebody who is, you know, further behind you in their journey and further ahead of you. And I think it's important to listen to voices from all sides when it comes to these sorts of conversations. So I wanted to talk a little bit today about, um, yeah, this mental and emotional health journey. I have had a very interesting experience and journey when it comes to this topic, uh, I basically wanted to start off with a story. Um, I, let's see, in the fall of 2017, um, I met a man uh, while working on a theater show and he was everything on my list. Like literally things that I had thought I wanted in a partner since I was a little girl. Like um, was everything on my list except, and you can hear that you can hear the but that's gonna happen, the except, except for the fact that he wasn't a practicing Catholic. He was, uh, he'd actually grown up Catholic. Uh, he'd left, I don't know if he'd ever really left the church, but he'd stopped, he'd stopped practicing over the years um, due to a variety of reasons uh, that, are, that are his personal reasons. Um, but we met and, you know, it was immediate kind of fireworks. Everything was exciting. Um, I really felt like God had drawn me to this person uh, that we we matched on so many levels, intellectually, um, chemistry-wise, uh, interests-wise. We met working in theater, obviously. And so uh, it was a very exciting time in my life uh, being a part of that relationship. Um, but as we got to know each other better, there were things that came up where I realized that we just weren't on the same page when it came to lifestyle choices. A lot of the reasons why he was not a practicing Catholic anymore uh, contributed to the differences we had. Um, and so ultimately, ultimately about, yeah, about seven months after the relationship started, I did end it. I did break up with him. Um, and that was the hardest breakup I think I'd ever gone through to this day, honestly, uh, because it is so hard to break up with someone when you care deeply about them and you still have feelings for them and you still, um, 
want them in your life, but but knowing that the lifestyle choices that you've made, the commitments you've made, mean that you just aren't compatible. Like we just couldn't build a future together because we couldn't agree on what that future was going to be. Um, he had a lot of different ideas about commitment and about marriage and what that entails than I did. Um, and still do, obviously, uh, as a practicing Catholic, there were a lot of things that we just, we would have arguments about, we disagree about. He was very uh, excited that I was Catholic. He loved talking about it with me. He loved discussing the theology and the art and the history with me. And I did too, honestly, I loved talking about all of it with him. But when it came down to whether or not we actually believed it, um, we definitely disagreed there, where for me, this was real. And for him, this was a fun mental exercise to entertain, um, but to not really live. And so uh, it was through a lot of prayer and a lot of tears that I discerned to end that relationship. Um, there were instances where, you know, he wouldn't tell me things because he was, I think, afraid of how I'd react, um, knowing that it would start a fight, you know. Um, and so when I would find out about these these situations later on, I'd be, I'd be devastated. I remember crying in the bathroom of the house I was renting. Like I was literally sitting on the floor of the bathroom next to the bath mat that I think was yellow crying and thinking to myself in my head, like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I can't keep doing this. Um, what I'm doing in this relationship just isn't working for me. It's just not sustainable because I'm sitting here crying on the bathroom floor in response to something that came up. And I, you know, I just, yeah. I think John Gottman talks a lot about how you need to have like maybe five positive interactions to one negative interaction. And I think for this relationship that that ratio is definitely off. We just had a lot of, a lot of incompatibilities. Um, and so I remember discerning that yes, that I should end this, uh, which was very difficult. Um, remember the week leading up to breaking up with him, my boss kept coming into my office and asking me like, oh, like Miss Harold, are you okay? Cause I was crying at my desk. <laughs> um, and I told him, I think I said something like, no, but I will be in like a week or two. So don't worry about it. And I told him it was like personal life stuff. And he was like, okay. Like, cause I was trying to so hard to keep my personal life and my work life separate. Um, but yeah, but truth be, it, truth be told, it was just a very, very rough time. Um, and broke up with him. It was a very hard conversation. As I said, I'm not, I'm not a fan of conflict. I'm very conflict avoidant as a human. And so breaking up with him was very difficult. Uh, but I did. And um, about a month after that, I think I noticed that I just, something was off. Just wasn't doing well. Um, I'd kind of descended into sort of a slump. I'd lost weight. I'd stopped eating. I felt like I was underwater treading water and that I didn't know what way was up. Um, I felt like I, I should be swimming towards something or trying to get up above the surface, but I didn't know which direction that was. Uh, looking back now, I was definitely probably entered some sort of depression. I think that was the lowest point mental health wise that I'd ever been. I think in college, I might've had some slumps or post-grad. I had a couple slumps where I wasn't sure what I wanted to do next, you know, that kind of post-grad into the workforce, a part of your life where you're just not quite sure what's happening next. I think I definitely had some 
some depression there as well. But this this was probably the worst. Um, I remember talking to my mom later on about it. I said, I said, Mom, like, do you remember that that fall? Basically, this is the fall of 2018, the end of summer and the fall of 2018. Um, I'd spent basically the entire summer running around doing everything but sitting and thinking about how I felt about the situation. And so I'd I'd avoided the conflict, you know, avoided looking at the problem and had made it a few months just kind of running on fumes. But then the fall hit and I, I you know, I was back to work. Uh, the school year had started again and I, I, I could barely get myself to work on time. I would wear my glasses instead of my contacts. I was not even wearing makeup. I'd show up with like my wet hair having just like showered. Like I just, I stopped caring at all about so many things. I would show up to work just barely on time. And I talked to my mom later about this and I said, mom, do you remember like that fall when things were like just really rough? And she said, yeah. And I said, like, I lost, I lost like weight because I stopped eating. And she was like, oh, because of the breakup. And I said, yeah. And she said, yeah, I think I remember noticing that, but I didn't want to say anything because I, she wasn't a fan of this guy. So she wasn't wanting to say anything that would make me want to get back together with him. Um, but basically around that time, I kind of realized that there was something, something was off. I'd gone to confession. I'd listened to so many podcast and read articles and books and stuff like that. And I felt very confident in my decision uh, to break up with him, but I just wasn't doing well. I'd never had a breakup go this poorly. And so I posted on, I think it was like the Blessed Is She Northwest forum. And I said, hey, does anybody know of a counselor uh, in the area that's a practicing Catholic um, that I could talk to? Because I'd gone to counseling in college when my parents got divorced um, between my junior and senior year of college. And uh, my professors at the time had encouraged me to uh, pursue counseling on campus because they said, you know, a parent's divorce is usually one of those sorts of instances where you you should go and seek out counseling. So I did uh, go and attend counseling sessions in college with a student counselor who was doing her master's. And that was very helpful at the time. But once I graduated college, I didn't really follow up with her. She was a student counselor like on campus still in her program. So it didn't really make sense to continue seeing her. Um, and so I'd been to counseling before and had positive results. And I kind of figured that this was sort of, maybe I should try it again, because clearly I could not snap out of whatever sort of a funk I was in. And I said, Hey, um, does anybody know of a counselor in the area who's practicing Catholic? Because I think a lot of, I knew enough about how this relationship had ended, that my faith was very important to me and that the differences between our belief systems had contributed a lot. And I didn't want to walk into an office and explain my whole side of the thing and have someone tell me, oh, like, well, actually, like sharing faith isn't that important. You should get back together. Because I knew that sharing faith was very important to me as far as finding a, um, a dating partner. And, and it so happened that someone I actually was very closely connected with at the time, uh, a friend from church, um, knew a counselor was seeing uh, her herself. And so she actually sent me a private message and said, Hey, I saw your post on the blessed is she forum. Uh, I know someone, uh, let me recommend you. And, um, and so, yeah, so I started attending uh, counseling with this woman who actually goes to the church that I go to now, which is great. <laughs> um, it's really a very fun, small world. 
Um, and I attended counseling for about two, two and a half years and um, basically stopped attending counseling in the spring of 2021. So it was a long journey for me. Um, and I know that counseling is not for everyone. That is what I will say for sure, uh, because some people find it helpful and some people don't. I know that for me, I found it definitely helpful. I'm a verbal processor. I'm an extrovert. Uh, for me, talking about problems definitely helps. Words of affirmation and quality time are also my love languages. So I wonder if that kind of care was what I needed to help to sort through these aspects of, of this story and figure out, you know, where things had gone wrong. What had I done, you know, that I could have done differently? What were things, you know, that he had going on that I can't, that I couldn't control and how to be able to kind of put that to rest and just figure out how to get out of this feeling of just being underwater and sort of drowning. And, and the worst part was feeling like, feeling like I was underwater, feeling like I was drowning and feeling like I didn't care. Um, I think that that's such a dark, a dark thing to admit and a dark place to be. Um, yeah, but just feeling like I, I kind of didn't know which way was up and I was kind of like, eh, this is me shrugging my shoulders here. You can't see, but I'm like, eh, I didn't care. And it was that, that half of my brain that realized that most of my brain didn't care. That was like, mm, mm, alarm bells, alarm bells. We got to do something about this because this is not a mentally healthy place to be. And, uh, yeah, that 2.5 years of counseling taught me so much um, about myself, about things that I had learned from my parents growing up. My parents are divorced now, as I said. I think I learned a lot of, you know, good things from them. Clearly, my Catholic faith is very important to me. That was very important to them. But a lot of, uh, a lot of maybe unhealthy ways to deal with conflict and to fight and to all of these things that I talked about at the beginning were aspects of that relationship too. And I think I knew that looking at when when I broke up with him, I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, like something is wrong with me because I can't seem to be in a healthy relationship. Like I can't seem to get it. I can't seem to do it right. All my friends are in these long-term relationships and they seem relatively happy and healthy. And I felt like I'd only ever dated men up until that point who I'd been very interested in, but they hadn't felt as strongly about me or else I dated men who were very interested in me and I just didn't feel the same way. There had never really been a a match as far as um, interest levels go, uh, interest and commitment levels. Uh, and I think I learned through, you know, you can take all these sorts of quizzes and tests and stuff like that. But I learned that I had, if you're familiar with um, attachment styles, I know that Erica Ty Campbell likes to talk a lot about attachment styles. If you like Be a Heart Design, I highly recommend following her on Instagram. She's wonderful. But uh, I learned that I had a disorganized attachment style um, which is characterized by a, a style that looks like you tell a partner, come here, go away, <laughs> which is very confusing, um, for the other person. And it basically, uh, translates to a, a strong desire for intimacy and love and a high fear of it at the same time. Um, which makes sense. My parents, you know, were a very high conflict relationship growing up. They fought a lot and they fought loud and they fought in front of my siblings and I. And so it was very easy for me to grow up with a fear of conflict and a fear of fighting and, uh, and to feel like a partner was somebody who, 
who you could love deeply and also fear deeply, um, fear that they would reject you or fear that they would let you down, which translated itself into a lot of the relationships I found myself in. I think I didn't want to get too invested in someone in case he left me. And I think I probably was attracted to people who were just not emotionally available, um, either because they were addicted to either pornography or alcohol or something like that. Um, yeah, uh, we're just not able to be fully present in a relationship the way that the way that I truly desired to have a relationship be. Um, I had other instances growing up, um, a couple of experiences with men where my physical boundaries just weren't respected. And so I grew up, I think, also fearing men and fearing what they could compel me to do um, if I wasn't careful. I think a lot of what um, the church has done a really great job of teaching us to save sex or marriage. Um, and at the same time, I think that there are sometimes messages that carry over from if you grew up in the purity culture of the 90s that were not so helpful, uh, at least to me personally growing up. And so I had to learn a lot about um, how to communicate my own physical boundaries in a concrete way and in a way that respected me and to respect myself uh, when it came to relationships. I think my biggest regret with the the man that I met in 2017 that started this whole journey, um, my biggest regret is that I didn't respect myself or himself enough to honor honor the kind of relationship we could have had. I think that I made a lot of excuses for his behavior and I accepted less than what I deserved when it came to um, commitment from him. And so I wish that I had had the strength of character to say, hey, you know what? Like you, you and I are clearly not on the same page here. Um, I like you, give me a call if your situation ever changes. I wish that I'd had the the decency to say that um, and the ability to stand up for, you know, to honestly own what I truly wanted out of a relationship and to give us, to give us that, that care and that honor in that conversation. Um, but I didn't, I think that I grew up thinking that it was, you know, hard to ask people for what you wanted because then they might let you down. Uh, and I think I grew up a lot of the time not telling people what my needs were because I didn't, I was afraid that if I said, you know, here are my needs, that they would be too much for someone that he would leave or that I would be disappointed. Um, and what I've learned the most about myself, I think, through just being in a much healthier relationship now uh, is that sometimes I think the most honest thing to do is to say, hey, like I need, I would like this from you. Like, are you free on Friday night? I would like to do adoration and dinner. And if if my boyfriend is not free, I can trust that he will say, hey, I would love to do adoration and dinner with you. Unfortunately, I've got a coding project to do for grad school tomorrow that I just, I can't, I've got to prioritize school over seeing you tonight. And sometimes that happens and it hurts. It hurts when that happens because it's like, ouch, like, oh, like I want to see you. But at the same time, I know that I want him to do well in school. And I know that if he honestly felt like he could spend time with me, that he would. I know that he prioritizes me and he loves me. And so those times when he can't meet my needs, um, 
or my my desires, I should say, maybe are are hard, but it's part of being honest in a relationship. And, you know, sometimes the reverse is true. Sometimes I have a project due the next day and I can't hang out. So I think being able to have those kind of open conversations about what you want and then open conversations about what you can actually give someone are are so, so important. Uh, I think that this man who I dated before um, previously, back in 2017, we had a we had a conversation many years later about kind of what went wrong, what went down when we dated. And I said, you know, like I was really looking for someone who could do this and this and this. And he he looked at me and he said, well, that's the kind of stuff that you do with a serious boyfriend. And I was never going to be that. And at the time I was like, oof, oh, like that hurts. But I think looking back, I'm like, oh, yeah, we had an honest conversation about what we could give to each other, what we could provide to each other in a relationship. I know that years later, yeah, I think around that same conversation we had, yeah, more conversations where he said, well, like to me, a relationship really looks like this. And I was the one who said, you know, I can't do that. I, I am not the kind of woman who, who does that um, sort of a relationship dynamic or boundary. And so, and so being able to honestly tell each other what we could or couldn't give each other as sad and hard as it was, was really freeing. Um, because shortly after that conversation was when I met and started dating, um, my current boyfriend who is wonderful. (laughs) I highly encourage you to listen to the previous episode if you haven't already, because he is so wise and wonderful, and I love talking about dating with him. And Andy and Steph have talked about how I should probably interview him at some point for one of these episodes coming up here. So thank you so much for listening. I'd love to take the opportunity at the end here to share out some of the resources that I've personally found helpful on my own mental health journey. Um, so John Gottman, Dr. John Gottman on Instagram, is a fantastic resource if you're looking at just general wellness um, couples, dynamics, dating advice, things like that. He's not Catholic, um, but I find him to be an incredibly helpful, valuable source. Uh, Similarly, Christopher West has an amazing podcast. Uh, It's called Ask Christopher West, hosted by Wendy West. And uh, I love this podcast because it talks about theology of the body, but not just in a theoretical way. Uh, They answer questions in each episode so that you get the direct practical application of the theology of the body teaching, which is really really beautiful and insightful to see. Uh, Similarly, the Abiding Together podcast is another fantastic resource that I've found. Uh, Right now they're doing a series where they're just focusing on identity um, just for women, just for women individually. So not even thinking quite yet about dating or being in a relationship, but just you and yourself and God. And what does that relationship look like? Uh, If you are looking for resources, leaning more towards Uh, actually being in a relationship with someone, dating, discerning towards marriage, that sort of stuff. Uh, Highly recommend the Discerning Marriage podcast. Uh, Stephanie Kalis recently did an episode with Elizabeth of the Discerning Marriage podcast. So I highly recommend you to listen to that crossover episode if you're able to. Uh, If you're looking for written resources, um, Verily Magazine is wonderful. Darling Magazine is wonderful. Lillian Fallon, uh, her Instagram account is fantastic. And she also often writes for Catholic Match. Uh, Catholic Match has some great articles and resources as well. Um, 
In addition, I found this book called The Great Sex Rescue is really helpful. Um, it is a Protestant book. It's not a Catholic source, uh, but it takes a look at a lot of what the church has taught about women's bodies and women's sexuality over the last 20 years and kind of unpacks that and deconstructs some of the purity culture rhetoric. Um, I found it especially helpful if you, like me, found some things that you were taught growing up about your body and about sex to be very um, difficult and harmful uh, as you moved through your life later. Uh, similarly, if you're interested in podcasts about church culture, the Allender Center is one of my favorite uh, podcasts as well. Uh, it's co-hosted by Dr. Dan Allender and uh, Rachel Clinton Chen, and they talk a lot about uh, just evangelical church culture, but I find that a lot of it is very relevant to Catholicism as well. So I hope that these articles and resources and podcasts, you can tell I'm a podcast listener because I am doing this right now and I have plenty to recommend. Uh, I hope that these are all um, places for you to go and explore. Also, if you're looking for counselors, I know that Christopher West commonly says that he has a list of trusted counselors on their podcast show notes on his website. So I highly recommend that you check that out as well. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we hope to uh, chat with you again soon. And um, as always, you know, uh, thank you so much for being a part of our, our Spoken Bride uh, group here in our corner of the internet. Thank you so much. Have a lovely evening.